Welcome into the 4th and Forever podcast. My name is Stuart Bothwell, his name is Darren Butter, and the confetti has just about settled on the culmination of the NFL's 54th Super Bowl, a game which is won in dramatic fashion by an incredible fourth quarter comeback by the Kansas City Chiefs over the despondent San Francisco 49ers. So, Darren, you've had a little time to catch your breath after that. What did you make of the game? I'm just glad that they, what I said would happen was exactly what happened at the end of the game. I said that it would be, <laughs> I said 34 and there'd be a touchdown right at the end to make it 41-23. And what did it end up being like 31-20? It was 31-20. Yeah, so I was pretty much exactly right, except they didn't, no one scored as pretty, many. Pretty much exactly right. <laughs> except for no, you, you, no one scored as many points as I thought they'd scored. They're all 10 no. points shorter than I thought it was going to be. Well, you, you were fair enough with the, the garbage time touchdown that you mentioned. Uh, that was that was a good call. Um, although I think you'll find that I was probably a bit closer to the scoreline. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll still we'll still give it. I had the over. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it was um, it was a real good game, a real close game. Uh, and although it looks like uh, the the final score that it was really comfortable for the Chiefs, it absolutely was not. They were behind with still about seven and a half minutes to to go in this game. Um, down 21 to 10 and then just just came back and put up 21 unanswered points in the space of six and a half minutes which is just pure chiefs i mean overall it was probably one of patrick mahomes' weakest games he's ever had uh, in the nfl highlighted by his two bad picks that he had but when it came down to the most critical of moments he was running around um, making time making space and the 49ers defense, who played excellent for about three and a half quarters, just ran out of gas. And um, yeah, that just resulted in the 21 points and uh, a Chiefs victory. Yeah, I um, I wasn't too worried about either of the quarterbacks' performances in this game, to be honest. Situationally, um, they were kind of doing what they could. Um, with the kind of pressure they were facing because of the situation and because of the defences. The defences were playing really well. Um, Garoppolo was a bit more consistent, but he should have just taken the sack, I think, instead of um, lobbing that throw up and getting that interception because that put them, what, 10-0 down. On another day, that could have been 21-0 down <laughs> if the Chiefs mm. had been on fire. But, you know, the credit to the San Francisco defence, they managed to... Um, to get pressure to Mahomes, he looked rattled for most of the game. It's probably the first time I've ever seen him really look rattled um, and get knocked down. I think he had like in 20 dropbacks, something like 14 pressures and two knockdowns. So they were getting to him. They weren't necessarily sacking him, but they were um, stopping him from being able to get through his progressions and his reads. And, and it was showing on the stat sheet and... Mm. You know, as everyone said, this was the 49ers game to win and couldn't get it done. I don't, this is where I kind of differ on it. I don't know how much I'd put that on Jimmy G. I just thought that when they got behind in the fourth quarter, they didn't really seem like a team with a plan. And well, they're I, so I focused on that. running that they didn't know how to mm. spread it and start throwing it when they needed to. So. Yeah, they kind of looked like they were stuck in their um, we're good at running mentality at certain points when it just kind of seemed that like, you know, just putting the ball in Jimmy's hands and trying to find George Kittle, that would have been something. Yeah. Um, I mean, like for the most part, San Francisco were in control for most of the game. 
but they were never really dominating. And uh, when it came to that point where they needed to start doing stuff, uh, you know, in, in the fourth quarter to try and put the game away, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, the game for me really seemed to flip in the fourth quarter. And I think most people will agree with this. In the fourth quarter, so just after um, Tyreek Hill has a, a first down catch, uh, turned, like, overturned uh, on basically having the ball hit the turf. With just over seven minutes left on the clock, and the Chiefs are facing third and 15. So rather than trying to just find a way to reach the sticks, Mahomes drop back, drops back, runs around, and makes some time before just heaving the ball into space and hoping that Tyreek Hill is going to be there. And he was on a 44-yard completion. Four plays later, Mahomes flips it to Travis Kelsey, uh, and then puts him within touching distance. Now, the next drive was essentially what decided San Francisco's fate, because on that drive, they just go three and out. And all of a sudden, you just feel this momentum swell for the Chiefs. And despite the fact that they're behind, you just get this feeling that it's their game to lose now. So then seven plays later, and Mahomes finds Damian Williams for a five-yard score. Like, okay, cool. So now they're behind. What what can San Francisco do to, to get back in this? Next drive, seven plays, turn it over on downs on their own 42. And then two plays later, Damian Williams scamper at the end zone. It's uh, just, it, it all changed so quickly in the Chiefs' favour. And at the end of the game, it kind of just felt as if they were the ones who were always in control and always had San Francisco where they wanted them. Yeah, um, when it came down to that last seven minutes, I have to be honest, I I wanted the Chiefs to win. I believe completely in Mahomes. And when they threw that pick um, out of Tariq Hill's hands, um, it like bounced off his hands and straight into, um, mm. into the DB's grasp. And that was, I thought it was it. You know, we were watching it. I thought that was the game. Um, I think everyone that was watching it with us was thought that was the game, but then you can't go free and out in that situation. You've got to you got to at least tick off a few minutes. Um, I don't know what what really happened there, but they they ended up with Mahomes getting the ball right back, and that was the drive that led to the um, the touchdown in the corner from Williams that you know could have gone either way. Um, I mm-hmm. think he said on Jimmy Fallon that he wears. 14, size 14 feet and it would have been mean if they'd not given him it um, <laughs> but you know it was it was really close but they they gave it that put it to what 24 20 and you know it put it back in Jimmy G's hands I wonder it's it's ironic the 49ers seem to be in a very similar situation to the Rams after the Super Bowl where it's like okay we um we had this great kind of spread game but when it came down to it we just couldn't make enough enough big throws to really ice the game or get into scoring positions so I wonder how Kyle Shanahan will take it if he'll turn and start you know at least looking for four or five big throws a game for Jimmy G going forward um, I think well, Jimmy, Jimmy G's biggest pass was one that ended up getting called back uh, a big deep throw to George Kittle yeah. which would have been a potential game changer uh, but Kittle was then called for uh, for pass interference because he had his, his arms stretched out. Now, the, the comparison I've seen this draw is um, the one for Kyle Rudolph for the Vikings earlier in this postseason. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I can see it on both sides. I, I was I was watching it, kind of hoping that it was going to be like like 
like standing, but then I could absolutely see why they were going to call it as a pass interference. It's just if you have an outstretched hand and it's against a defender, that's just preventing that person from getting to you. Um, but like other than that, I can't really think of m- much in the way of. Um, well, certainly not any deep passes from Jimmy G. Yeah. There was just so that means that when really he goes show. for that one to Sanders at the end, that could have won them the game. That's his first goal. Mm. Like he's he's cold. He hasn't made that throw or made that play all game. He's not been asked to. Yeah, yeah. So the for one time you need him to make it. He's all going, postseason, sorry. Yeah. yeah, he's going one for one. So mm. they're gonna have to sprinkle in longer plays um, and get and kind of get some, you know, momentum behind that that style of play because you know the Chiefs and the the Packers and the Saints and the teams that they have to play to win the Super Bowl are all pretty adept at making those throws. So if you get into a shootout then you you best keep the ball and not go free and out because they're not they're not equipped to to chase. Um and that was quite clear at the end of the game. They they didn't really have anything for a four point deficit. With three minutes to go, they needed, they needed like another four or five minutes, and that's you just don't get that in the Super Bowl. Um, but I've seen all the stuff about Jimmy G, and you know maybe they'll go for Brady and all this nonsense, and it's just like no, keep Jimmy G, get a full preseason with him, and just change the game plan a bit, just give the whole team a bit more long game, and. You know, it's, the issue they have is they're in such a competitive division that they're not getting the opportunity mm. to really test anything. Every game is like knife at throat going down to the wire. So hopefully they yeah. can get themselves into a few blowouts early next season to really test the long game and and, and change up what they're trying to do because they just didn't have a, a plan B. And I don't yeah, know how which much is something which they, they, Jimmy's yeah. fault. I don't think it's really Jimmy's yeah. fault that he couldn't make that throw when he's not been asked to for about eight weeks. Well, like in in previous games throughout the course of the regular season, they have had to change their game plan a couple of times and they managed to do so successfully. And that's when Jimmy G was coming up with some big throws. And that was the things that you were pointing out, saying like, look, he can make these plays. But in this particular instance, it just wasn't there. And whether whether that was Jimmy's fault or whether it was a play calling thing or whether they just didn't give him the opportunities at the right time, I don't know. It was just not ideal, certainly. But unfortunately, um, Kyle Shanahan's inability to close out the big game will come back to haunt him again. And he now has the rather unenviable statistic of having two of the top three worst Super Bowl blown leads. So this one was 21-10 in the fourth quarter. And of course, the worst one being that Falcons versus Patriots 28-3 back in 2017. Um, Like... It seemed that there was one one thing that was mentioned uh, by some folks in this one, which obviously this was Andy Reid's first Super Bowl win. One of the greatest coaches of all time, finally getting over the hump uh, and passing that torch of consistent failure down to Kyle Shanahan. So it's now his mantle and his cross to bear. Um, And whoever lost in this game, you were going to feel sorry for them because they were both fun teams, likable teams, and they both had good coaches who both had good backstories. But now you have to have a loser. Unfortunately for Shanahan, it's him. But um, like this team still has a, a, a lot of potential for 
managing to build something really, really good here. Um, like, you know, Jimmy G looks really solid. They've got a couple of um, uh, uh, free agents they maybe need to sort out. Like, will they bring Emmanuel Sanders back, who's been a, a real big find for them, uh, that trade with the Broncos? Um, they've got, still got to sign up like Savarik Armstead, but maybe they let him walk because they've got other guys there. I don't know. But this is a, this is a good, solid team. And um, yeah, I can definitely see them being back in this position even as soon as next season. Yeah, well, um, they're in such a difficult division, um, to be honest. I, I just don't know if they'll get back that quickly. I don't think many teams have made it back. Um, no, it's very rare. To, to get back in. So yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I think the Rams will be better next year. The Seahawks will be there again. The Cardinals will have... You know, another few draft picks and a couple of free agents with them. That's that division's a no easy games there. <laughs> Real nice fight, yeah. So maybe they can do it. It's it will be interesting to see what McVeigh does, um, and if he can find some gems in the draft or change up his style a bit because it seems like a very similar story between these two teams where they had it. And it does seem like they're going to keep it, but then you know the the Forty Nineers could have a, a season like the Rams had last season, quite easily. Mm. You know, a couple of games don't go your way. Suddenly you're four and six, and you're not even making the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, we'll we'll see. Um, Armstead, I I don't know if you're playing against the the uh, Wilsons and um, Murrays of the world. He. His version of contain was pretty embarrassing in the Super Bowl. He um he ended up on the floor nearly every time. I don't think he got anywhere near mm. Patrick Mahomes any time Mahomes um got out and there's a couple of pitches where he just didn't read it at all and and um Williams was able to go for like fifteen yards. Mm. So Well you, you mentioned some of those pressure statistics from early on and like that um San Francisco defense was absolutely owning the Kansas City line with the exception of Mitchell Schwartz, who has been nothing short of absolutely stellar at this postseason. Uh, but yeah, Eric Fisher was totally embarrassed by Nick Bosa, who actually had double-digit pressures in this one. And like he, he could well have been MVP had the Niners gone on to win in this one. Um, yeah, uh, they, they just couldn't handle them in the right places. Um, like Fred Warner had a good game as well. Yeah, that, that that Kansas City line wasn't great, and it, it showed with just how rattled that Mahomes was. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he did say after the game that when he was shouting on the sidelines, he was more shouting to himself. Mm. That it was um, he was a, he said he openly admitted how um how rattled he was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I I think that. The, the Chiefs had difficulties in this game, but they did what they've done every every game this postseason. They came back, they they got into winning scoring positions, and they they made them count. So, you know, the- Ma- massive credit has to go to the Kansas City defense, though, because they have improved so dramatically from from last season. They don't need to be great, but just good enough to make a stop or two. And let the offense do the damage, and that's exactly what they did when they needed to do it. Well, they got a, they, uh, T- Tyron Matthews been a major factor in that transformation. Chris Jones has been as like just so disruptive in the middle of the line as well. It's been 
a, a real big change, and they were really, really important in this game. They got such a um, uh, battering for, you know, paying what they paid to get Frank Clark. But, you know, you just need a few a few stars, I think, in your line to really make the opposition game plan a bit more. And having Frank Clark there and having the 49ers need to worry about him because I don't know if you saw some of the stuff before, but Frank Clark's stats against the 49ers in his last eight games against them were really impressive for the fort for the Seahawks so they they had to game plan for him and it allowed other players to to make plays uh, especially Chris Jones he was getting through that middle really really well in the run game he wasn't really giving Williams a chance on the inside mm. it's why they had to go to the pitches and the you know the horizontal passes um, yeah, and then when he couldn't actually get penetration, or if he didn't want to, he would just stand up, put his big mitts in the air. I think he had two passes defended in this game as well, uh, both of which essentially stalled drives. Like It was really, really important to the team, those ones. Yeah. Um, but I thought the Chiefs were deserved winners. I thought that if um, Mahomes had played those three games, he would have been in the MVP race. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not surprised. I'm actually quite happy with the outcome um, here. I think that the right teams won the won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. From a entertainment, from a you know a, a strategy side of it, and for the coach, you know they've they've just put together a really good program. And it's like yeah. I said before, if you want, if you say you're going to win it, and you look like you're going to win it, just go and win it. And that's like. <laughs> That's what they had to do, and they did it. And it could be a dynasty. It could be a one and out. Um, I'm more. I think it's more likely it's going to be the the former. Um, People love talking dynasties and stuff like that, or dynasty, or whatever you want to call it. We always hate them um, at the time, but you look back at them and go, "Okay, I was I was there for that. I saw that." Yeah, but like as someone who's actually seen the, the development of the Patriots to be this total anomaly who dominates the league for twenty years. Um, I don't really want to see that again, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm always happy to see uh, a really revolutionary, exciting, uh, just enjoyable team uh, getting what they deserve. And, you know, credit where it's due, like the Chiefs are supposed to be my, my rivals as a Broncos fan, but I, I respect the hell out of them. Uh, they're, they're a really well put together team at the moment. They deserve everything that they get out of this one, and um, yeah, I don't. I, I hope they don't repeat, but uh, uh, like they, they just look like a side that's going to be there for years to come. I also hope that they don't just basically say, "Right, we've got Mahomes. Now we can just you know see what else happens with everything else." They need to find ways to consistently swap around and rotate, uh, bring new players in, so that you can actually stay under the salary cap. There's like the work is just beginning in terms of keeping this Chiefs team viable going forward. Yeah, there's a few adjustments they can make. Um, in terms of you know they got Hardman on on a rookie deal, so mm-hmm. that that gives them some leeway with Watkins and and Hill, depending on what happens going forward with with those guys. They do have a maybe a future star on a couple of million a year. Um, yeah. But if they can keep soon enough, they have to pay Mahomes as well. So well, I'm pretty sure they're planning to like do 30, that this off season. Um, mm. He's not going to be someone that gets franchise tagged. It's going to be the first thing they do 
when they come back um, after the draft yeah. is figure out where they're at with their free agents and, and pay Mahomes. But they can also go to Mahomes and say, hey, if you can play one more year on your rookie deal, then we've got this free agent we can get for a year. Kind of like a yeah. Terrell Suggs, but maybe a bit better kind of thing. Um, mm. And they can go again. But you never know. <laughs> it's, it's such we'll a, a different different kind of um, sport where it can just flip so quickly. We could be talking about, you know, the Tua-led Dolphins being in the <laughs> in the playoffs next year. You know, you never know what can flip so For quickly. a moment there, I thought you were going to say the Bengals, and I was like, don't be ridiculous. No. But uh, Dolphins, yeah, okay, that's far more believable. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's it. That's just the nature of the game. Uh, there's so much more change and upheaval to come because free agency is now just around the corner and so is the NFL draft um, there's just so much more conjecture to come you know we've managed to get to this point the season's over I, I feel as if uh, we've done as good a job as we can in our first year doing this stuff um, but we're just going to have to get right back in and get it all done all started again soon enough we'll, we'll take a little bit of time off eventually but not just yet because we've certainly got a few more things that we want to discuss regarding this season and, you know, maybe hand out a few awards. Um, you know, we can maybe reach out to the players and see if they want to come to New Zealand to accept them themselves. Um, but, uh, oh, actually, yeah, I wonder if I can get in touch with Shaq Barrett again. That would be awesome. Yeah, we could totally do that. Um, was he the, so, the sack leader? Yeah, he was. Maybe we can go back to him and ask him to add that in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we can say that we've given you our own little award and see, see, see if he's got a little acceptance speech for us or something. That would be, be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I might need to pay him a lot more money this time, though. <laughs> That's all right. One day they'll come on for the exposure. <laughs> yeah, one of these days, one of these days. Um, so, yeah, that was the season that was. Uh, the, the 100th year of the NFL finishes with a real flourish one of the one of the better super bowls in recent memory uh, if not all time um and there's it's just like brought on all manner of other questions and things going forward as it always does the constant change rotation uh, progress the uh, the falls from grace it's all part of the drama that makes up for a fantastic nfl season uh, this has been one of those and uh, yeah we look forward to doing it all again next season Definitely, definitely. It's been fun. It has. And congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Commiserations to the 49ers and anyone else who lost bets on Patrick Mahomes' uh, final runs and kneel downs, which apparently cost a lot of people some money there. Yeah. <laughs> That's your fault for betting, though. Don't be silly. Don't do that. I would have lost my bet because he didn't have over 300 yards. But yeah. Yeah, well... Make, See, that's why I told you not to go for it. it. It's, it's anyway. not like the Corey Littleton thing. No, don't need to. Enjoyed the game anyway. It was. And thank you very much for, for coming around, Darren. We had a great uh, time at our Super Bowl party. Uh, thanks also to anyone else who's listening who came around. Uh, it, it was fantastic having you all. Hope to see you again next year. Um, unless it's the Patriots playing, in which case I'm not going anywhere near a Super Bowl party. No, just watch it in the dark. <laughs> all right then so uh darren uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up no i know we're going to look at you know top moments and, and and awards and stuff so we'll do that next time right now it's just 
get something get something in about the Super Bowl, our two cents, and let people have a few days, and we'll we'll come back at it and start looking forward. Sounds like a great plan. So as Darren just said, we'll get back to you guys later with a few other uh, things that we want to talk about before we completely wrap up this season and start looking on towards the 2020 season itself. So uh, for me and for Stuart, so no, that's my name for Darren. (laughs) God, it's been a long season. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us and we'll catch you again next time. Sounds good. Bye. See you later. (laughs) 